Scrooge Sunday. Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, the official holiday podcast of the 1830s London Time Tourism Bureau. We are counting down to Christmas in July, and it is the 5th of July. Oh, bug. Oh, fascinating. <laughs> and it's the 5th of July, 2020, so it's time for another edition of Scrooge Sunday. And this time, we're being swept through a rip in the space-time continuum back to 1986 for a Christmas Carol episode of the real Ghostbusters, Xmas Marks the Spot. I am something weird and I don't look good, Mike Westfall, and joining me first is the something strange in your neighborhood that Ray Parker Jr. warned you about. It's Tommy Coombs. Welcome back, Tom. Hey, Mike. I'm glad to be here. Uh, and uh, You know, uh, there was an icy patch outside for this time of year. I warned you about that. I know, but I, <laughs> I, I believe you. And also a man whose middle name is Ecto. It's Chad Young. Hey, Chad. That is actually 100% true. My, my mom was... Uh, Smart enough to name me Ecto before the, a year before Ghostbusters came out, and I still can't get over that. <laughs> you know, Mike. You know, <laughs> if my mom was Corey Chapman, apparently. Yeah, well. So I like to say that uh, Chad is the Slimer of our podcast oh. because he's bald. He loves the taste of Ecto Cooler, and if he uh, had an action figure, it'd come with a pizza. It's true with sausage <laughs> and pepperoni. You bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally for like four people to get, and I'll explain it off off camera, Mike. Or I'll off- go on the Patreon that doesn't exist. Yes. Oh, so the one that no one pays for. <laughs> Don't threaten me with extra work, people. Uh, so, <laughs> where to begin? How must watch was the real Ghostbusters on Saturday morning for you guys? Oh my gosh, it was my number one. Yeah, it was my must watch. I remember on um. When I got home from school, when I was in kindergarten, it was, I think, WPHL in Philly. Okay. It would be the afternoons. At, I would get off the bus at like 2.10. Ghostbusters would be on at 2.30, followed by the animated Dennis the Menace. That's probably when I would catch it, because I definitely wasn't watching it on Saturday mornings in 1986. It was on at 10 a.m. on ABC. I was busy on CBS watching Pee Wee's Playhouse. Really? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. It it would depend on the episode of uh, Ghostbusters, whether or not I would switch uh, on and off. Because um, usually ABC was my mainstay on Saturday mornings. Okay, I flipped back and forth depending on what I wanted to watch. It was just like you had Pee Wee and Muppet Babies on CBS. You had Gummy Bears on ABC. So Captain N and Super Mario Brothers 3 were on NBC. So I had to flip around all over the place. Mm. I remember NBC, I would switch to for the video game cartoons. Yeah, that was it for me. <laughs> really? Even with like Alf and all that? I, I didn't watch the animated Alf. I only oh, saw an episode or two. Oh. I didn't like animated Alf as much as I like live action Alf. I think I liked animated Alf as a kid more than I did like regular Alf. And I loved like live action Alf. Mm. Yeah, that's saying something coming from you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, but then again, I was like, you know, five or six or whatever it was. But did either of you see this episode as a kid? Because I did not. I did. Okay. You did. Oh, I cool. distinctly remember seeing this episode as a kid because I um I actually rewatched it before the episode tonight. And I can remember as a kid, then when they they're like, oh, man, we got to like, you know, the car broke down. We got to see what's up ahead. They brought their proton packs with them. And even as a mm-hmm. kid, I'm like, 
why do they have the packs with them? <laughs> Easier to draw them that way. Oh, see, there we go. We have an AI. I, I, I did not watch this as a kid. I, I watched it later and it kind of became one of my favorites, but it took me a few watches actually to kind of notice that they had their proton packs <laughs> in the snow. Like, especially when Peter gets out. Hey guys, we got to go clear the snow uh, to get lasagna. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's skip right to it. Let's, uh, let's, we have to talk about this voice cast. First off yeah. on previous episodes of this podcast, he's been a naive gorilla, a flying moose, a cat who thinks the inventor of Christmas trees should be publicly executed. It's Lorenzo <laughs> music as Peter Venkman. Christmas. Fooey. Oh, it's not Dave Coulier. No, not yet. This is still season one. <laughs> the de facto finale of season one, as a matter of fact. Really? Mm, I didn't know that one. Yeah, it was the 13th episode of season one. Um, next, the voice of Winston is Arsenio Hall. What a way to spend Christmas Eve, eh, Peter? Typical. <laughs> now, let's put this into perspective. This is before the talk show. This is before coming mm-hmm. to America. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is one of those facts I, and I think a lot of other people found out after the fact, like how Shredder was mm-hmm. Uncle Phil. Yeah. 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 Also, um, he voices the ghost in the uh, commercial interludes. Yes, he does. Does he really? Wait a minute. That's Arsenio? Yeah. You can as, definitely tell. Yeah. And now, back to the real Ghostbusters. We now return to the real Ghostbusters. Oh my gosh. But it's him using his Winston voice. It, well, I mean, Winston voice is just Arsenio voice. Yeah. By, by the way, I, I, I'm I'm sorry. I love this kind of tidbit. And for those who don't know, Arsenio got the role after they rejected Ernie Hudson. Oh, no. <laughs> Ernie Hudson came in to audition for Winston and they said, uh, no, nah, I don't think so. And he's wow. just like, what? I, I, I'm, I'm Winston. I'm literally the only one from the cast that wants to audition. <laughs> he loved oh Winston goodness. and Ghostbusters so much he he wanted to audition to play him in the cartoon. Good old Ernie Hudson. It's like that Kramer on Seinfeld where he can't play himself in the episode. <laughs> That's <laughs> like that thing where it's like the opposite of Charlie Chaplin entering a Charlie Chaplin contest and coming in third. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what if he won? Then he would just be a jerk. <laughs> but Eat it. Watch. Uh, next, we have Frank Welker as both Ray and Slimer. We're going to get the Christmas tree. God bless. You know, and 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 he makes an appearance at the end, which I'm sure we'll touch on. We will. Yes, absolutely. You know, um, a few months ago, me and Chad did a episode about Ghostbusters and the real Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. The, fir- the first time I ever noticed that two cartoon characters had the same voice was Frank Welker as both Ray and Fred from Scooby-Doo. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's basically standard Frank Welker voice. Yeah. Wow, really? It wasn't Lorenzo Music as Garfield and Venkman? Uh No, because um, this was before Garfield was around. No, Garfield was around before this. No, the Garfield... No, I think Garfield... Uh, oh, Garfield and Friends wasn't, but I mean, all the specials, I would watch all the specials, and they started in 82... Right. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So this was your Lorenzo music entrance point. Interesting. Yeah, Frank Welker was the big one. 
And as this alternate reality's bleached blonde pompadoured Egon Spengler, it's Maurice LaMarche. I'm picking up other presences. Big. Powerful. They're coming in at 12 o'clock high. Probably most famously the voice of the brain. Mm. This is kind of sort of early into his voice acting career. I mm-hmm. think it might be his second regular cartoon series after Inspector Gadget. I think so. Really? Yeah. And I think, well, Dennis the Menace too. Because I think that that was around the same time being produced by Deke. Deke. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think Ghostbusters edges this out. But yeah, you're right. Around the same time. Yeah. He 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 kind of had a night, you know, early on. I mean, you look at all the, the things that Maurice started off doing. I mean, my gosh, there are just voice actors now that would just kill for one of these roles. And I mean, he oh, was able to get them all early yeah. on. Good it's for just him. incredible. Mm-hmm. In this episode alone, he's two other voices. He's Bob Cratchit for a hot second, mm-hmm. and he's the ghost of Christmas present for a hotter second. <laughs> um, one thing I uh, was telling Chad is that um, we'll get to this later in this episode, I hope, is it, but uh, Egon was never more badass than he was in this episode. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you're probably That's right. That's true. Uh, and we'll get to a few other voices as we meet them. But for now, let's get into it. The gang's driving home on Christmas Eve in a pretty heavy snowstorm from upstate New York after a job at Chad's house. Yep. My <laughs> fault, really, guys. Uh, well, Winston's <laughs> not a fan of working on Christmas Eve, but Peter's of the mind that it's just another day. Mm-hmm. And here is where Ray, who's behind the wheel, comes to a fork in the road he doesn't remember seeing on the way up. Kids, this is well before we had a map of the entire planet on our phones. <laughs> <laughs> so you either had to finagle with a paper map while driving or just get lost. Mm-hmm. You both started driving before internet maps too, right? Yep. Oh, gosh. We were like, because we had like, you know, the map quest printouts, although I would leave in like a 20 mile radius of my house for like the first two years of me driving. <laughs> yeah. I, my friend and I used to go to like conventions out of state. So we would go to like Ohio, Pittsburgh, uh, New Jersey and all. And if you can just imagine these easy trips that you would think are the, the easy, we had those internet printouts. We also had like the little, um, just the handwritten directions that you couldn't read and, <laughs> yeah. and we get all cranky and angry because we're out of cigarettes too, which, you know, I don't smoke anymore, but anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this, uh, driving without, you know, a GPS. Uh, oh my gosh. Oof. No, thank you. I don't want to. <laughs> no, <read. laughs> I don't miss that at all. MapQuest was around yeah. when I started driving, but for the most part, I took after my dad, who was and remains a AAA map guy with the flip over. Oh, oh. Yes, that is dedication that I respect one hundred percent. But nothing like that here. Egon just guesses that they take the left fork and guesses wrong. I like that the busted sign we see lying on the snow doesn't say turnpike. It just says highway. Two words in all caps. Yep. It's not the highway. It's a highway. And they're up on the mountains. So I don't know if that's a pun, but here's where the Ecto-1 stalls and they have to hoof it to try and find any sign of civilization. Winston again is bummed that this is how they're spending Christmas Eve. To which Peter replies, typical. And here's where we get the backstory via Ray that Peter's dad was always away at Christmas. And Egon adds, it's easier to shrug off stuff like that and you pretend you don't care. 
I've got to say, it's right around here that I notice this is some really nicely animated snow for a Saturday morning mm-hmm. cartoon yeah. in the 1980s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and as someone who lives in upstate New York, can I tell you, I this is just a complete side note. Those, those mountains and turns and all that, that, that is 100%. Like, that's sickening how how well how accurate that is oh yeah even like creeping down into pennsylvania my wife lived in northeastern pennsylvania and getting to her house like i used to joke like you live on a mountain yeah which is not entirely true but it's close enough the 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 first time i caught this a couple years ago is uh a my friend lent me uh the real ghostbusters uh firehouse set from time of life oh my cousin had that i loved it I still need to get it back. It's been four years, but I, this is one of the first episodes I watched. And I was just, by that point I had already moved up here and I was just like, wow, that is completely accurate. <laughs> <laughs> like you will break down if it's snowing in the yeah. mountains in New York. <laughs> Except perhaps for the huge vortex around the bend that they don't even see before it sweeps them off their feet and through the space time continuum. Whoa. Anybody get the number of that truck? And we discover before they do that they've traveled to London in the year 1837 because we see Bob Cratchit and Tiny Tim purchasing their incredibly tiny Christmas duck. It's usually a goose, but no matter. And we never see them again. You think, oh, they're going to come up. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Meanwhile, the Ghostbusters are walking through town, still unsure where they are when they hear a ghastly moan and follow it. Egon's psychokinetic energy meter leading the way just in time to see Jacob Marley float out of Scrooge's window and into the sky, followed by the arrival of all three ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future at the same time. Mm-hmm. Time for the boys to suit up. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. You know what that means. And <laughs> <laughs> And here's where we meet Scrooge, portrayed by Peter Renaday, the voice of Splinter. I will not go with you. Get away from me, spirits. Leave me be. Uh, 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 uh. Let's back that up. Did, I'm, did I screw up his name? He is the voice of Vernon J. Fenwick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the greatest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle character ever, and Jonathan Dead will back me up on that. He won't, by the way. I don't think anyone will. <laughs> He's got a long resume, but Splinter and Vernon are the ones that are going to stand out for most of this show's audience. Oh, yeah. And maybe he was he was Master Blaster on Kid Video. He was Master Blaster? He was Wait Master Blaster. He was not. I, it's on there, man. You're full. He was not master. Wait a minute. Same dude. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. You're right. All right. I apologize. <laughs> uh, and the last voice I'm going to mention right now is the ghost of Christmas past. It's Mona Marshall. Young says no. You do him far more disservice than us. The current voice of Sheila Broflovsky on South Park. We talked yep. about her. Ooh. Who was she? Uh, she was one of the glow friends, too. She was Scuttlebug. But it's kind of an odd move to have all three ghosts show up at the same time. Did that throw you guys off at all? Uh, yeah. Okay. 
I mean, it's a 20 minute, it's a 22 minute cartoon. And if this is how they keep it 22 minutes, fine. Not only that, they arrive like 15 seconds after uh, Marley leaves. Yeah. Why don't they just come with him? Yeah, that that doesn't really make any sense. Well, he's got to like do the warning spiel. uh, Okay. I'll give you that. It It takes several steps. It's a several step process to redeem a soul. FYI, bro. <laughs> but despite their warnings, the Ghostbusters bust the ghosts of Christmas before they have a chance to reform Scrooge. But he still does the old, I'm as happy as an angel, I'm as merry as a schoolboy. And Ray asks to use his phone because they don't know it's Scrooge yet. And as far as they know, they're just in a very quaint mountain town off the grid. And Peter writes up Bill and Scrooge at first is upset, like, charge money for this service? If I'd known that, I would have dealt with it myself. I wanted to see that, by the way. I wanted to see how he would have handled that, yeah. too. Yeah, well, and I think Ray did, too, because he's like, okay, then, Egon, let him loose. Oh, that's classic <laughs> Bill Murray, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised that was like a Ray line, not a Venkman line, also. Mm. You're right. Well, Venkman was talking something because Ray's expression during this before he says that is interesting. Like, I think they were trying to hint that Scrooge's bit about there's more gravy than a grave sounded familiar to Ray, but he couldn't quite put his finger on it yet. Yeah. But before Egon can reopen the trap, Scrooge gets out a bag of money from under his mattress and pays them with a single mint shilling dated 1837. Ray seems very happy with that coin, but should he be? Yeah. I mean, oh. in 1986, probably not. Well, it's math time. Okay. I looked it up. I looked up the value of a mint condition shilling from 1837. If you had that coin today, it would be worth between 450 and 600 US dollars. Oh, so. And that's 2020 dollars. <laughs> February 2020 dollars before the thing. Now, now this was three ghosts. Now, if memory serves me right, for the Slimer drop at the Sedgwick, they were only paid, they were paid four grand. Mm -hmm. So, they, Scrooge got off pretty easy for this one. Yeah, so, on top of that, I used the inflation calendar. So, in December 1986, it's roughly in the low 200s. You're right, it was 4,000 plus another grand for the, uh, for the proton pack. Yeah. Proton they, charging. Proton and charging. Yeah. They were doing a special. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So $5,000 a pop, still a bad deal, Ray. Also, to be fair, it was kind of on the spot. It was. And they don't know where they are. But no matter. They accept the coin and they're on their way. And once they're gone, an unreformed Scrooge declares war on Christmas. Yeah. Now, he shakes his fist at the sky. Is he, is he talking to God? He's talking to the ghosts. Oh, okay. But ghosts are in the trap. No, he's talking to Marley. Marley left. Oh. Maybe. He could be talking to God. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you and your kid. Ah. The Ghostbusters head back up the mountain, and here's where it hit me. London's not a mountain town. Could be. They didn't know they were in London, but still. <laughs> they not with that attitude, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> The Vortex spits them back out to 1986 upstate New York, and the Ecto-1 magically works again. Right on. And this time, it's Egon who hesitates for a second, thinking everything they just witnessed seemed familiar, but whatever. They head back, 
And props to Ray for flawlessly backing up down a snowy mountain going at least 30. I was impressed. <sighs> That's some skill. I mean, and, and this is just only two years into owning the, you know, let's, let's, if we're doing math, I mean, let's yeah. say it's two years into owning the actual. That's impressive as hell. Did Ray work for a hot? I guess when he like worked for a morgue or something before he was a, uh, mm. a psychologist. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Didn't oh, think was he that. the driver? Could be. Hmm. Interesting. Well, back at the firehouse, Ray and Winston declare they're going to take Peter shopping for a Christmas tree, and both Janine and Slimer respond, Bah, I'm back. Fascinating. <laughs> Sorry, Tommy. I said it earlier. You did. Again, Egon is puzzled, but doesn't dwell on it. Meanwhile, out in the city, no decorations. Everyone's yelling at each other, New York style. I'm driving here. Winston finds a copy of a book on sale called A Christmas Humbug, written by Scrooge, because he's real in this universe. Yeah. And Ray recognizes the picture on the cover as the guy they helped and puts the pieces together. They've traveled back in time and saved Scrooge who was never redeemed and apparently gained enough power to wipe out Christmas. <sighs> That's not the warning a Christmas carol gives at all. No, not at all. And if you notice the picture of Scrooge on the cover, he looks evil. Yeah. He looks like, like the big guy. So, <laughs> geez, I, there's so many questions regarding this scene alone. <laughs> like, so did Christmas just not exist? Or does, is Christmas fictional to this in this universe? No, they stopped celebrating it. They know what Christmas is, but and they know that it, it's around this time of year. But mm-hmm. apparently it's now the tradition to, like, hate Christmas every December, even though it doesn't exist anymore. I don't know. Uh, give it time. I'm sure we're going to reach that point. In the real. <laughs> oh, I don't think we're there yet. No, not yet. It, it comes in waves if you look back in history. But oh, yes. But you got a point. This this episode could play pretty well today. A point made even clearer by a woman passing by who explains, in 1837, in real life by their reckoning, Scrooge apparently uh-huh. told everyone he defeated the Christmas ghosts all by himself. Yep, sure did. A bit on the All nose. by himself, which is <laughs> it is something you would t- that would come up in a conversation with complete strangers. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The real Ghostbusters will return after these messages. Ghostbusters! It's the real Ghostbusters Firehouse playset. Segment, our firehouse is haunted. No way. Oh, no. I've been gooped. Ghost to the stadium. The real Ghostbusters, each sold separately, assembly required. Hey, buddy, see anything weird? It's Tombstone Tackle. Don't lose your head. Take a hike. There's a policeman. Oh, no. It's a cop. I can't believe my eyes. Whoa! We're not scared! We now return to the real Ghostbusters. Well, they rush back to the firehouse to stop Egon from dumping the ghosts into the containment unit, but too late! Right about here is where the Janine of this alternate 1986 unknowingly repeats Peter sentiment of, So what? Christmas is just another day. But hey, that was different. Uh huh. <laughs> Their plan now is to find their way back to 1837, but first they have to get the Christmas ghosts, and only the Christmas ghosts, out of the containment unit. 
Egon says it's possible if he rigs a hairline fracture in the unit and goes in to get the ghosts to meet at the right place at the right time, so... Sure. Gentlemen, this plan is essentially the final act of Back to the Future Part 2 meets Ant-Man and the Wasp. (laughs) Wait a minute, is this before? Yes. Back to the Future 2? So wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) Could be. Yup. Yep, I think we have a, a link here. So is this a in my my knowledge is a little rusty right now. Is is this kind of the only time that they attempted to go into the um no. into the containment center and just get one of those? No, but it might be the first. Are you no? Are you oh gosh, you're right. Oh my gosh. I think it's like five times they went in the containment center, uh containment it's, unit, and five times they almost didn't make it out. It's it's like uh, when Star Trek people would go back in time, literally every other episode for no reason. <laughs> or the, was it the next generation? No, it was the first one. And five times they almost didn't make it back. Yeah, no. <laughs> Period pieces are easy, man. Yeah, no, that's true. I'll give you that. Well, only Egon's going in to get the ghost. The others have to go ahead back to the wormhole. And if this fails, they'll have to step in and be the ghosts of Christmas themselves. <sighs> And Janine, now alone with Egon, agrees to help with cartoony pink heart eyeballs. I'll need your help. All right, Egon. Just as long as you know I'm doing it for you and not this c- 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 Christmas. Bah humbug! Christmas. Humbug! Fascinating. Remember when cartoon Janine had the hots for Egon, y'all? Yep. yep. <laughs> Janine says, um... Just so you know, I'm doing this for you and not for you now. And then Egon turns his head, squints his eyes, and says, Christmas. And she winces <laughs> at that. And it is the most badass that Egon has ever been. <laughs> and, I love it. and honestly, I, I was texting Tommy beforehand. Like, it's one of the most, I don't know if this was on purpose, but it, you, you can see Harold Ramis kind of doing this in a movie. Oh, he would totally, yeah. Maurice LaMarche, oh, like, nailed the Egon character. He did, because, you know what, he made it his own take on Egon, but mm-hmm. he also, he kind of knew what made that character so endearing. Yeah. So, I mean, it worked perfectly. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it doesn't take long for them to find their way back to the space-time continuum rip, and they're back in London, staking out Scrooge, who's already started writing a Christmas humbug, and it's still Christmas Eve. I guess when you're inspired, you're inspired. Sure. Egan brings up points like, now keep in mind, it's Christmas Eve here. It's also Christmas Eve there, which means the clock is ticking. So they're also going by Bill and Ted's excellent adventure rules. Also, ah. also before Bill and Ted, because that's an 89 movie. Mm-hmm. Man, a lot of uh, time travel writers went to the uh, Xmas Marks the Spot episode of Real Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> this is where it all converges, folks. We found it. Some mountain in upstate New York is the center of the time universe. <laughs> Chad. Uh, <laughs> oops. So I guess, but, well, it can't be that far upstate if they're able to get back to the city that quickly. Mm, probably what? Probably like all nah, Utica? I don't know. I, I don't know my New York geography. Neither do I. Where, where do they say Steam Tam's at? Is it in that area? Is that, I think it's Utica. <laughs> Albany? Syracuse. No, it's not No, Syracuse. it was Albany. Oh. And Utica. I'm from yes. Utica. 
<laughs> so no, you seem a good hand. I, <laughs> I guess Peter drew the short straw and fills in for the angel-like ghost of Christmas past wearing a blonde wig and a tutu that the Ghostbusters happen to have, along with some magnesium flares to fill in for the ghost's blinding light, and he flies more like falls into Scrooge's window on top of him, notably knocking his glasses off his face and under the bed, so I guess it'll be too blurry for him to notice it's a grown dude in a wig and not a translucent ghost lady. Take that, <laughs> stupid. And that, like, that doesn't come up. They're not Chekhov's glasses or anything, but it's a nice little touch for those of us paying attention. It's just like, oh, Scrooge can barely see now because his glasses are under the bed. Four-year-old me would not have noticed that. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> me neither. No. So Peter shows Scrooge his past using what's clearly supposed to be a Viewmaster. And good news, everyone, there is totally a Christmas Carol pack of Viewmaster reels. Ooh. Yes. Originally made in 1956, but reprinted in 2004 and available online. Like, you can legit buy this Christmas Carol Viewmaster reel from the 1950s on Walmart.com. Okay, you, you really can? Oh, yeah. Get out. I will. Links in the show notes. Awesome. I wonder if you can get that old Electro Woman and Diner Girl. uh, uh, You know what? No, that's a bad idea for me. Never mind. (laughs) So Scrooge has this Viewmaster strapped to his head while Peter runs around his room, pushing Scrooge's wheelchair to simulate flying. This looks hilarious to us, but an old man (laughs) in 1837 without his glasses late at night might Mm -hmm. have actually bought it. I, I, I believe that. Yeah. Honestly. Spirit, can we not stop flying now? Not yet. And don't touch. The magic window will fall. Here. What do you see now? It's the school I attended. What? I grew up there. I was a boy there. This also seems like a very Bill Murray-ish in a, like, if he was to be. <laughs> yeah. And like this, I, I, I wonder... Like after watching this episode, maybe it's just me being speculative. Did did Bill Murray see this episode when he you know signed on for Scrooge? Man, I wish. <laughs> I, wouldn't that be great? I don't think Bill Murray liked the show. He he. Wait a minute, he didn't. I don't think so because he said that he sounded like Garfield. <laughs> yeah, but then he went and um, then he was Garfield. Garfield. Yeah. So we already talked about this, Morty. Morty! Hey, Morty, come on! Come on! I've got some ecto cooler to drink out of a uh, uh, Dick Tracy. See, it's funny because he's a pickle. Oh, dear. Yes, he's a pickle. Anyway. (laughs) Here's where Scrooge doesn't learn something at first, and it's Peter who tells him and himself. Just because you had a rotten past, that's no reason to blame Christmas. Lots of us had Christmases that weren't the best, but if you give up, you just end up denying yourself what you're so mad about never having had before. I think maybe that's a lesson we could all stand to learn. And then back in the 80s, Egon heads into the containment unit, warning Janine and Slimer to keep the portal open no matter what. As he goes inside, it looks like he's going on Space Mountain. <clears throat> now, yeah, kind of. <laughs> now, Mike, yeah. when he first gets in there, it looks like we kind of see the Ghost of Christmas Future. But that's not the Ghost of Christmas Future, though, is it? Mm-mm. No, it, uh, I did note the Headless Horseman is in there. No. No, who did you say? Sandman. Oh, Sandman, of course. Sandman's one of the first <laughs> ghosts we see. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
Well, Janine goes upstairs to watch on a monitor, but the portal starts sucking in Slimer. He's holding on for dear afterlife while he has to keep the machine cool with a fire extinguisher. Meanwhile, Egon finds the ghosts he's looking for, but the other ghosts in the containment unit have figured out what's going on and gang up to try and follow them out. It's a quick scene, but they make it out in time, and Egon closes the unit before anyone else gets out. He has the Christmas ghost travel in his trap, and I guess they find their own way upstate to the time portal? Yep, sure. They don't have another car, do they? Uh, Vector 2, maybe? Yeah, may, eh, Ecto one A. No, 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 no. This is pre eighty nine. What was the yellow um real Ghostbusters toy? Highway Heart Hunter. Yeah, mm. that, that weird BMW. Maybe they Could had be. that or that uh, weird Ecto three plane or whatever it was. Did Janine drive to work? Maybe it was her car. Maybe the Ecto two was the helicopter. Oh, the okay, thank. Oh, that's right. Was the go kart? <laughs> yeah. Three, what's that? We, oh gosh, I can. You know, I kid you not. I can, there's a guy at a local flea market who ha, who I guess he like you know fishes out like warehouses. He has stacks of those even you know as of last year for like fifteen dollars sealed. Oh wow! Like you cannot get rid of those darn things. The three? <laughs> yeah, that's the go kart one, right? Yeah. Yeah, he he can't get rid of that to save his life. <laughs> what a weird problem to have. That's a nice problem. (laughs) But back in time, Winston fills in for the Ghost of Christmas present by Tarzan swinging Scrooge on a rope above the streets of London. And there, the workhouses, where you said to send the poor. See them? (gasps) No, spirit. Well, hang around. We'll swing past again in a second. Okay. It worked. I don't know who's holding on to that fishing pole he's on. Again, back to the future. (laughs) <laughs> it's like uh, Doc Brown at the end of uh, part one, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. With, that's right. With the ladder. Mm-hmm. And then Ray in a bedsheet as the ghost of Christmas yet to come is playing the worst game of charades. <laughs> because Christmas Future doesn't usually talk, so I get that. But like they, they go all in on that joke and Scrooge is like, two, two syllables. <laughs> They're both pretty bad, but. Gentlemen, are they the worst Christmas ghosts you've ever seen? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, th- I think they might be. Yeah. yeah. They're up there. Definitely Peter's the MVP of the three with his Viewmaster idea. Oh, yeah. That might have been Ray's idea, uh, but Peter executed. Yeah. <laughs> but, but however he got there in time, Egon arrives, opens his trap, and the ghosts are freed. Christmas past takes it from there. The other two grab Egon and fly him out of there. And here is where Christmas present reveals. You think old Scrooge will learn his lesson? I, I think he'll learn his lesson, as I assume you too have learned yours. That is, of course, why you are here. That's why they're there. Yes. So I'm reading that as the ghosts open the space-time continuum themselves? <sighs> Yeah. Or did Peter do it by calling Christmas just another day when they happened to be at the right part of the mountain? He had an epiphany. There it is. However it happened, Peter, like Joni Mitchell before him, admits he didn't know what he got till it was gone. (laughs) (laughs) 
If that's good enough for Christmas present, who warps them back home and the car too, I guess. Two cars. How did he get there again? I don't remember. He just, here I am. Hey, here I am. We're here. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> At any rate, they materialize in their own firehouse kitchen, hear Christmas carolers singing outside, and the timeline is restored, Marty. 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 <laughs> Peter toasts to Scrooge and the ghosts of Christmas over a bowl of what looks like bright blue punch. I want to know what they're drinking. It looks like spiked Kool-Aid. It, it, it definitely doesn't look... It doesn't look like eggnog. Although, I mean, you're not going to be showing, you know, the Ghostbusters drinking eggnog for, on a children's cartoon. Well, I mean, um, it looked like a punch bowl. Could be. It looked like a bowl of spiked Kool-Aid. It did. Also, may I add, Egon, for the rest of the episode, is in his uh, big spacesuit. He looks like the super fright yes. features Egon. He does with the big Kool-Aid. shoulders. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I that I'm I'm legit shocked that that figure, you know, was because it was made a couple years after this episode, and I'm kind of shocked that you know what it wasn't this exact costume because they didn't really do a lot of, you know, cartoon accurate costumes, you know, in that toy line, really, no, other than the originals, and they didn't do a lot of costume changing in the show. No, no, they really didn't. Also, and Mike, do you want? Uh, maybe you better say what happens next. Yeah, well, we close as the Ghostbusters are shocked to hear Santa Claus flying overhead. You know, it's funny. I always thought all that was just a story. Makes you wonder what else might be real. On <laughs> Dancer! On Dancer! On Donner! On Blitzen! Nah. And it's Frank Welker. Doing Frank Welker's terrible Santa. Yeah, he was this same Santa about five years after this in A Wish for Wings That Work with Opus the Penguin. Oh, gosh. His Santa laugh is less ho-ho-ho and more... (laughs) You know what it reminds me of? is when Harry Shearer gets to play a president on The Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't sound really like them. It just sounds like Harry. (laughs) Uh, God bless Frank Welker, though. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, he, he he did. I mean, the entire cast really did an amazing job with this episode. But I mean, it's the the silliest and campiest way to just end it with that Santa laugh. Oh, and yeah. Frank, let's be fair, guys. You can't really hear Frank Welker's normal voice and not chuckle a little because it's just like, oh, my gosh, that's just <laughs> I, I can't believe he's made billions off that. Which I can, by the way. Oh, yeah. But it's 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 just so silly and so corny. <laughs> I love it. And from what I could tell, this was only the second of three times I could find that he was the voice of Santa. And wrong. There was this. There was a wish for wings at work. And in 1981, he was Santa on a chipmunk Christmas. Really? And I think that's it. At least that's all I could find on IMDb. Well, after listening to his Santa, I think we know why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Frank. And I say this with all due respect. I, I love Frank Welker. He's one of my favorites, but <laughs> they probably could have gotten Maurice to do it. But Sa- yeah, Santa should not laugh like Megatron. Mm-hmm. Now, um, <laughs> now, Mike. Yeah. Now, um, when you see the Ghostbusters like dancing down the street during the end credits, 
Mm-hmm. Does the um, song "Dancing the Street" ever play in your remind you of that song? Like, does that remind you of the song uh, "Dancing the Street"? It does now. Okay, because here's oh, the thing. Oh wow! Yeah, go ahead. On W on Channel Six ABC on Saturday morning at the end of the credits, they would play over the song with that being like, you know, we're, you're dancing on Saturday mornings on ABC. Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it, I always miss the song. It always made me mad because I like the Ghostbusters song. <laughs> was it the Mick, uh, the Mick Jagger and uh, David Bowie version? No, it was oh, um, no. The uh, uh, was it Aretha Franklin? Uh, it was the original one. Yeah. Uh, I just remember the. See, I was watching Peary. No, it's Martha and the Vandellas. Okay. Someday Marty, I gotta watch it with the original bumpers. <laughs> well, Marty, come on, that thing, the Frizzies news ad is gonna be on. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a wise commercial unless they have the Christmas wreath. <laughs> oh, that's a callback to an episode that never got posted. Sorry. <laughs> well, well, if people want to free you from the giant containment unit that is the internet, where can they find you, Tom? Hi, I am on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Classic Tomedy. That's Tomedy with a T and Classic with a C. <laughs> and Chad. <laughs> Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Horror Movie Barbecue, uh, HorrorMovieBarbecue.com, and you can uh, listen to those uh, great TPIF podcasts yes. starring um, TC, uh, me, and of course, Derek Boyer, who couldn't be here today. Um <laughs> What the hell is so funny? Um, I'm thinking about the way I said where you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> and it's kind of like I, people are going to think that he had to edit me into that. Hey, everybody. It's Hammer. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for coming on this one. Podcast, it makes me feel good. Um, oh, I like that. Oh, always a pleasure, buddy. You can find show notes for all the tangents we went on at adventcalendar.house and say hi to me on Twitter at adventcalhouse. Next time we take a break from counting down to Christmas in July and rewind back to Easter. Until then, for Chad Young and Tom Coombs from the depths of a giant space-time vortex on top of a mountain, this is Mike Westfall saying, beware of the icy patch. Hey, Tommy. Tommy. Yep. Yeah. I, I hate to take over, Mike, but I gotta do this because Tommy do does this great. Okay. Take us out the the uh, TPIF way, Tommy. Oh. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. I could not pass it. Good night. <laughs> We're the Elves from Tis the Podcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. And Tis the Podcast is a proud member of the Christmas Podcast Network. Join us each week as we rank, review, and discuss all your favorite Christmas movies and television shows. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes it's a verbal brawl. But each and every week is guaranteed to be fun. Come join us. Next time on the Advent Calendar House. 